Georgia Realtors Realcast. I'm your host, Maura Neal, and we're back with another in our series of episodes to keep you educated and informed during COVID-19. Our goal during these interesting times is to give you useful information that you can use both during this time of self-quarantine and shelter in place, but also after to help you prepare your business for the future. Coping in difficult or different times can mean something different for everyone. For some of us, this is much-needed downtime, time of reflection, of crossing items off the honeydew list, picking up a new hobby, or rediscovering an old one. For others, it's a time to be uber-productive for work. For me, for example, it means revamping my website, creating content, working on those things I didn't make time for before. But coping for everyone seems to be the name of the game. For some of us, this time has been wrought with stress and struggle, learning how to work from home, how to stay top of mind with clients when we can't see them in person. Some of us are learning to cope with the challenges of homeschooling or being isolated with a spouse or significant other, with family, or alone. We're facing challenges we could not have anticipated, and the challenge of isolation and trying to be social is a big one. Social media is where we can go under normal circumstances, but especially now, to be, well, social. So that's our topic today. Social media best practices, do's and don'ts, and of course, social media for your business, using strategy, marketing, and engagement to enhance your real estate business and your client relationships. I couldn't think of a better guest to join me for today's podcast than my friend Dale Chumbly from Vancouver, Washington. Dale is the immediate past president of the Washington Realtors and has an incredible social media presence. He's recognized nationally for his mix of traditional real estate and technologically cutting-edge marketing. Dale was named by Inman News as one of the 100 most influential real estate leaders in the country in 2010. He's the founder of 365 Things to Do in Vancouver, Washington on Facebook. And in 2016, Dale was named one of the top 20 social influencers of residential real estate by the Swanepoel Power 200. I'm so excited to welcome Dale to the podcast. Well, hi there, Dale. Welcome to GA Realcast. I'm thrilled to have you joining me. Thanks, Maura. Good to be here. So uh, this episode, I know I prepped you just a tiny bit, but this episode, uh, we were just joking before I hit record that it's going to be you and me talking about something that we have been talking about together since what, 2009 or so? Yeah. Yeah. It's been about 11 years, been on social for over 13 years, but yeah, we've been really talking about it, you and I, for the last 11 years now. And that's a little bit crazy to me that we have been having some of these same conversations. And obviously things have grown and evolved since then, but a lot of the same conversations and tips and tactics and strategies. But let's talk about, let's start off with some general social media etiquette and best practices. We seem to need to be reminding people of these things over and over again for the past 11 years. We uh, have to remind people about good behavior, but especially online. Why do you think that is? You know, I think that as realtors in general, a lot of our predisposed nature is to market, is to be out there and to uh, try and reach people coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. And 
the thing that's so much more valuable, and especially in the social media space, is how can we be a resource for others? How can we reach out and connect with others and be there for them? We absolutely are a resource. We are a resource in our community. We are a resource throughout the transaction. And we have a lot of value that we bring into that, but we really, we need to take a step back away from ourselves and especially right now, and I'm sure we'll probably go through that conversation more, uh, but especially right now in the time that we're in, we need to really be looking forward and looking out to the people in our world and how can we help them and be a resource to them. Let's go ahead and talk about that a little bit because that's a great segue. And when we're thinking about the times that we're in right now, and of course, my goal is for this conversation between us to be something that helps our Georgia realtors and anyone else who happens to be listening in with what they can be doing now during this time of the coronavirus and self-quarantine and sheltering in place, but also moving into the future when we come out on the other side of this. So what are some of the ways, if we take the sales and the marketing piece out of it, what are some of the ways that our realtor members and colleagues could be and should be a resource to their clients and their social spheres right now. Absolutely. Uh, again, going back to community, we are the community experts. We know what's going on in the community and providing those resources, whether it's knowing, you know, depending upon your state, what can you do? Can you go get takeout from, you know, specific restaurants? How can you be a resource to point to those restaurants? Uh, if there's specific activities that can be done uh, in a safe and limited way, what are those resources? What are those places that you can go to? But also be aware of what you are and are not allowed to do safely within your community. Uh, the thing that I'm seeing that is the most troublesome is those that seem to just disregard the orders that have been put in place. So for each of us, make sure you know and understand the big picture of what's going on across the country and what's going on in your specific community because real estate always comes back to local. It's that local area knowing what's going on and being aware of that and how you can direct people in safe ways to encourage your community. But one of the, I guess to the original question, it's about the people in your life. It's not about the houses. It's not about the real estate. Real estate's going to continue to move forward and when we get whatever through this looks like, we don't know. It's still, it changes every day. By the time we're done with this conversation, things will be different than they were when we started this conversation. Right. And so it's being aware of that, but being present to the people in your world, whether it's in a very public platform of social media where you're on Facebook or Instagram and you're reaching out there, or it's a more private way that's still a very social connector uh, through a variety of things that we'll talk about during this call, I would imagine. But being there for the people in your life, being there for the people in your world to say, how can I help you? If, if you're in a position to be able, you know, if you have to go to the store, how can you think about your past clients, current clients that maybe are in a more health compromised situation that you say, hey, pick up the phone and call and ask, can I, I'm going to the grocery store. Are there any specific needs that you have that I can bring to you? Go get them and then safely deliver them to them. Be there for the people in your life and don't be the marketer. You talk about being the community expert. 
but also setting an example. So as, as small business owners ourselves, it's a great opportunity for us to be highlighting those other small businesses that are open. You mentioned restaurants, for example, who are doing curbside pickup or delivery or takeout. We have great opportunities to develop rapport, which you and I both did in a very similar way. And I mentioned this in your introduction, but there, you're very well known in your community um, amongst other small businesses through your 365 things to do in Vancouver, Washington. How are you using that? I know you were using 2020 to revamp a lot of what you had done. Gosh, was that 2011 for us? 2010. Um, 2010. And, um, but, but talk a little bit about what that is, first of all, but the, the way that you're being able to use that platform and your website to highlight some of those small businesses and shine a light on the ones that are able to still be operating at some extent right now. Right. So I started the year out with the realization that that was a 10-year anniversary this year from 365 Things to Do in Vancouver, Washington. And so uh, my plan was on a probably weekly basis to highlight some uh, business that I had talked about 10 years ago and kind of a where are they now, and then also identifying new restaurants and businesses and things to do in my community. Uh, and I had just gotten rolling into that because it was the mid February, middle of February when we started 10 years ago. And so I, I timed it with that. And then going into the third week, our state shut down. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and we were very much lay low, stop, you know, stay home, stay healthy was the, is the phrase here in Washington. And, and so through that, I have actually just this last month, I have hit basically pause on it. Um, I'm I'm thinking through what to do. Most definitely, as we start coming out of this, it's going to be an opportunity for me to reach out to all of the businesses in town, find out, you know, are there some that just didn't make it through, which will be unfortunate, but it's going to happen. Um, I already know of businesses that have shut their doors and won't be reopening. Um, but those that are able to open their doors to really highlight and cheerlead for those. Um, actually, I was just yesterday thinking about this and and I will probably, one of the things I did unique through that process was everything I did was, re, was on location. And so that's, I think this last month where I've struggled is to truly be stay home, stay healthy. Me going to all these places is not a smart and healthy thing for me to do. And it's not a good example to show going down to the point of this conversation. That's not me being a good representative of what we are supposed to be doing if I'm going out to all these places saying, Hey, here I am here, here I am here. Mm -hmm. Um, so what I may be doing is actually, uh, that platform, the, the, and specifically the Facebook page has, you know, almost 18,000 people that are, uh, still there. And so finding out what are some, especially restaurants right now that are doing takeout curbside, uh, delivery, that I could be just talking about on the Facebook page, not necessarily a full blog post, but I could just be promoting them to say, Hey, here's, here's some, a a list of resources of places that if you're just tired of cooking food at home and you need a a meal out, here are some great options and alternatives that are in your specific community. So I'll be doing that. I think here over, cause we're still uh, right now, May the 4th is our date that we have. And we'll see if that actually holds, but we're, we're at least, you know, into May at this point. So we've got another month of laying low and staying home. 
but you also mentioned setting a good example. So obviously we want our colleagues to be really hearing this message if they haven't already heard it, which is to not only know the guidelines that your municipality or your county or your state has put into play, ours in Georgia just as of yesterday was extended through the end of April, so we're kind of in the same boat that you are in Washington, um, but not only knowing the guidelines, abiding by them, but also setting an example and I think there's a way we can do that via our social media platforms. So what are some ways that you're seeing that either you are practicing or others are practicing? I know some people are doing, you know, cooking at home classes, like watch me cook in my kitchen or um, here I am out for a hike alone. No one's within six feet of me. What are some other ways that you're seeing on social that people are setting the example that they are following the guidelines and sticking to it? The food thing is actually one of the things that I'm seeing a lot of. It's something that we can rally around. It's something that we can uh, look forward to. Uh, arts is another thing that I'm seeing people sharing a lot of, you know, all of the arts are are definitely struggling. Uh, and this is something you and I share in, in commonality with the love of musical theater and, and art in general. And that's one of the other things I'm seeing people do is they're sharing uh community thing, either community things that are taking place or they're sharing national things that are taking place uh, to virtually. share we should, virtually we to share and <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, virtually to share and promote the arts, to share uh, community activities, things that are being done through Zoom. Uh, mm -hmm. The Zoom platform has become, you know, for some of us, we've been using Zoom for, for years, but the rest of the world has embraced it and, uh, and video. It's, it's exciting for me to see how many people have been willing to embrace video, uh, whether they're talking about their communities, whether they're talking about things to do, whether they're talking about food, uh, whatever it might be, just sharing their thoughts. And I think that's the thing that really people can do is this is a time to open up and share your heart. We're all struggling through this. We all have our own fears. We all have our own uh, concerns and we all have our own set of loved ones that are struggling through this. Uh, found out this morning, friend of mine in New York was tested positive. Uh, thankfully, mm -hmm. she's doing well and she's appearing to be on the healing side of it, which is wonderful. But we're all being affected and impacted. And so being human, being human is really the best thing that we can be doing and sharing parts of our life. Uh, for me, one of the things I've been sharing a bunch and it seems silly. And every time I talk about it, I say it's seems silly, but then I have people reaching out going, it's not silly, are my birds. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, I, earlier this year, I decided we have trees. Our entire yard and property is all covered in trees. And each year we only get a couple of birds that show up. And it's like, that doesn't seem right. And so a couple of months ago, before all of this happened, I decided that I was going to try and attract and provide food and shelter for uh, animal life. And so I've been watching for a couple of months and actually like the day that we went into lockdown, I had my first two birds show up and, uh, and I got so excited and it's silly, but when you're in a place where you're not leaving your home, something like this added wildlife outside your window and watching them interact with one another and then sharing that with other people, it helps everyone realize we're in this together. It helps her and, and whether we're right now or after this, in that social media space, we're all in life together. And how can we walk together and 
eat together and interact with one another. And this is just creating a really good focus for people to think about and pay attention to that and how do we work together to navigate this globe that we're spinning on. And I don't think it's silly. I think it's finding those small moments of joy and everyone is finding them in something different, something that's impactful personally. But then when we share that out and we give opportunities to others to share in that with us, it creates a connection. And I'm sure that you've connected with people, as you said, people who have said, it's not silly, it's really cool. And you might not have slowed down enough, even though this was a goal of yours and you said, I'm going to put these bird feeders out and I'm going to put some uh, ways for them to find shelter. You may not have slowed down enough. Now, knowing you, you would have, but the average person might not have created the time in their day to slow down enough and actually notice that this situation that we're in, this pandemic has forced us all to do. So I yeah. think it's, you know, finding those small moments of joy and the bright side. The inconsequential things on social media, the things that maybe we take for granted or in all but the most savvy of social media users might think are not important. But for, for example, liking or commenting on the posts of your clients and people in your sphere or remembering to reply back when others take the time to comment on yours. How important in general, but especially right now, how important are those small gestures, do you think? Oh, they're critical. They've always been critical. That's something that as long as you and I have been talking about social media, we have been sharing. And especially right now, it is so critical to make sure that you are acknowledging. It's, it's the pleases and the thank yous of life. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's please enjoy this. Please like this. And thank you for liking this. Thank you for enjoying this. And it personalizes it. Social media is to be that. It's to be social. Right. And we need to have that courtesy, and especially right now, that courtesy is so important uh, to be able to, to make people feel heard and appreciated. And even the most introverted introvert, they need some level of interactivity. And, and for those of us, especially in this industry of real estate, most of us are pretty heavily uh, extroverts, and we're all going crazy. Uh, I've got friends that are posting, I need hugs. And so it's, and, and I get that. And, and to be able to have that, that touch and that interactivity is, is a challenge. And so you can make those touches while not physically, but socially you can do that through whatever platform you're on. You can make those interactions to make people uh, for people to realize that they are cared about, that they are loved. Uh, I'm blessed to be stay at home with my wife, Stephanie. So I have somebody here. I have a lot of people in my world that are in stay home situations that their loved ones aren't with them because they, they're not in a married situation or a coupled situation or in same living space. And so their family and their friends are elsewhere and they are completely in their homes alone. And even more so now than ever, it's so critical to make sure that you're reaching out to them, not just through social media, but through an actual, like, pick up your phone and call somebody, uh, send them a video, whatever it might be. Uh, make sure you're having those interactions. 
Well, and it's a great way to hone your emotional intelligence, your uh, ability to tune in to what others are going through, because it's really easy in times of high stress or strain or struggle to focus on all the things that we are struggling with. Uh, you know, we joke about being stuck in, stuck at home with our spouse, right? And seeing the same people every day. But what about the people, as you said, who literally see no one? Yeah. And I've, I've been hearing this and saying this over and over and over again for the past several weeks. Think about your clients that at least when you worked with them, they bought and they were the only person buying that condo or that house. They yes. may now have a, a significant other or a spouse that you don't know about, but they may still be sheltering in place completely alone. And whether you are an introvert or an extrovert at a certain point, talking to yourself or talking to your cat gets a little old. Um, Absolutely. You, you need some kind of human interaction and let's hope that they're getting it from somewhere else, but you might be the one that reaches out to them that makes the difference that day. Yeah. And, and I would, I would encourage people to not assume someone else is reaching out to them. Right. We hope that they have that person. We hope that everyone has that that social uh, that sphere that is their inner circle. Mm -hmm. But don't make that assumption. Right. I would say, especially now, you're going to be better off to to make that reach out to engage with them and just to let them know you're there. Again, if you can ask how they how, how you can help if there's anything that they need. But sometimes they just need somebody to reach out and say, hi, how are you? How are right. you today? So. Absolutely. And while we're talking about um, times of stress, let's talk a little bit. I don't want to focus on negatives. Um, I want to focus on positives and the do's rather than the don'ts, the, the best practices. But let's talk a little bit about faux pas on social media specifically, because I do believe that if we take out just the true examples of bad behavior, right? We know when somebody's being um, a keyboard warrior and they're just hiding behind the keyboard and using it as an opportunity to be nasty. So let's take those situa those examples out of it. But I do believe that on social media, there's still, even though you and I have been having this conversation for 11 years, there are still people, specifically realtors, who have a lot of confusion about how to use social media, when to use it, what their plan should be. Um, and they tend to commit a lot of faux pas. But most of the time, I'd, like, I'd love to get the benefit of the doubt and say that they don't realize that they're doing things that they really shouldn't be doing. And I think that when we add in times of high stress, that exacerbates the problem. So what are some of the faux pas that you see? It's a great question. So one of the things that I think I have seen the most, uh, thankfully, I haven't seen a lot of, seen a little bit, not a lot of bad uh, action specifically on the, on the realtor side, but a lot of the vendors has been my biggest challenge. And I understand people are fearful. There's this fear of scarcity, uh, but I'm seeing vendors that are, that are actively promoting for uh, their businesses and they're not doing it in a tasteful way. And that's really the big thing to me that people are, that, that I'm seeing happen is people just reaching out. And especially in this specific timing, there's services that are deemed, and, and we don't need to have the essential, non-essential conversation because I have my own opinions on that. Right. Uh, but there are industries and 
businesses that have clearly been said, you do not function right now. And it's almost like some of those who can't function right now, I'm seeing them more than ever before promoting their business and just simply straight out, just marketing their business, which Mm -hmm. just for me as a consumer and as a professional, honestly, I'm making a list of those vendors that I would never want to do business with because they're not being, they're, they're not honoring where we're at right now. They're not being sensitive to what's going on. And frankly, in, in terms of social media etiquette, you know, as that phrase goes, they're, they're not, they're not playing nice in the sandbox. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think too, we can make the distinction between the ones who are taking advantage of the situation that we're in. Um, and one that I've seen that is real estate specific, and I'm going to go ahead and say, uh, not an apology to anyone who's listening, if you've done this, but maybe a very quickly go and find it on your Facebook or your Instagram and remove it. But the, um, there's been a meme floating around that said, um, if you've realized you just don't want to live with the person that you're in quarantine with anymore, don't forget I'm your realtor. Mm. And, and, or the one that says, um, the government thinks I'm essential. Call me today to start your home buying or selling process, right? So there's the ones that are, like you said, using the current circumstances to market themselves in a very tacky way. But then there are also the ones that had a social media plan, maybe most likely scheduled in advance, maybe by a third party, um, that they just haven't unscheduled or they haven't turned turned off that campaign or taken it down. Yeah, I want to give a kudos, if I may, here. Uh, speaking of campaigns, so uh, one of the platforms I use is BombBomb, and they have a prompt campaign, which is really nice. It builds out content that goes out once a month to a group that I've identified, and then it also has social content that goes out on a weekly basis. And uh, about a month ago, I had one that was supposed to be going out. I had done my video, recorded everything. And all of a sudden it just disappeared. And I thought, where, where did it go? This is weird. I've never had it just disappear. Mm -hmm. And when I reached out to them and said, what happened? They on their own as a company said, you know what? The content that we have scheduled for the foreseeable future is completely not relevant right now. We have to back away. We have to step back from this. And how can we create content that is of value to the community what are things you can do at home when you can't leave games Mm -hmm. to play with your family uh things to do in place and so i was really proud of them for that and they did that and and it was that was my realization to go oh do i have any things that are scheduled that i should be stopping that i should be paying attention to i didn't thankfully but it was a good aha moment to remind myself be you know, ever so conscious. We've always talked about that. Audience is so critical. The audience on Facebook is different than the audience on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Make sure that you're putting the content out there for the audience that you're talking to. And, uh, and so that timing right now is even more so critical and it continues to be as we come out of this, make sure that the conversation you're having is relevant to the group that you're talking to. Absolutely. And for anyone who is not familiar with BombBomb, I will put that link in our show notes. 
they are a great platform that Dale and I and so many realtors use and, and other industries, but, but there's so many uh, ways to use that as a realtor for video email campaigns. And it plays nicely in the sandbox with a lot of other yeah. uh, uh, tools and, and websites and platforms that you may already be using. So Absolutely. I'm going to put that link in the show notes. I love that you call out BombBomb for the positive way that they were handling something that they already had preset and as a vendor that we use that is doing something the right way. And I think the good news is the really obvious examples of businesses and industries that are doing it right far outweigh the ones that are doing it wrong. And, and I think that those are the ones to your point that are going to rise to the top. So we need to remember that as realtors, that if we are seen to be doing it right, to be setting the good example, to be promoting local business, to, to be checking on our people, we're the ones that are going to rise to the top. And consumers are so suspicious and we can see an advertising message a mile away. So keep Absolutely. that in mind as you're analyzing and, and taking inventory of your social media, which hopefully we're going to have Dale give us some tips for that um, before we end this conversation. But you mentioned audience and social media is a lot about preference. I know my biggest presence is on Facebook on my personal profile because that's the one that I enjoy the most. And we, you and I have been preaching for years that the right platform for you to be on as a realtor is the one that you really like and the one where your ideal client and where your sphere of influence are to be found. So talk to me a little bit about your favorite platforms. What are your favorites and how do you use them? Because as you said, we need to be thinking about the audience is different on all of them, which means you really shouldn't be posting all the same things on your Facebook and your business page on Facebook and your Instagram. They need to be very different. And how do you make those choices? Absolutely. So, you know, my, my, Old Faithful is always going to be Facebook. Mm-hmm. Me too. Facebook, my 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 personal page on Facebook is where I'm going to get the most engagement, the most interaction. Absolutely, it's where most of the people in my world spend most of their time online. And that's an important that's an important point that I want to drive home is that most of the people in your world, that's where they're spending the majority of their time. So you enjoy using it, but you probably also, part of your enjoyment is that you're getting all of that engagement there with the people in your world. So the more you build on that, the more you build on your personal preference and the fact that that's where your people are, the more it is successful for you from an engagement and a strategy standpoint. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the place that I play the most, spend most time with is, is going to be Facebook. It's mm-hmm. the place that I can pretty much consistently put whatever content I want out to and we'll have good interaction and, and, and conversation really with people. And especially now more conversation than normal. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's, and it's a way to encourage, uh, you know, going back to the birds, I've got people in my world that, uh, that, 
have been avid bird watchers and they have now been reaching out to me and private ways giving me, you know, helpful tips and book links and, and things to do and, and things to learn and understand. And then I've got other people in my world that are seeing that and they're saying, I've got time on my hands. I'm going to build birdhouses. I'm going to build these things. And now they're sharing that with me. And it's fun to see social become reality of, of physical in our own individual homes and, and seeing people do those sorts of things. So that's great. So Facebook is really the place where I spend the most time. Uh, Instagram, uh, Instagram for me, I occasionally post there. The thing that I love the most about Instagram is the stories. The stories on Instagram is a place where I get to see uh, for those friends in my world that that use that format, I get to see tidbits of their world and what's going on. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of it is I can tap through them as fast as I want, or if I sometimes want to watch every detail of what's going on, or if I'm bored, I can swipe to the next one and go <laughs> to the next story. Not that I would ever do that. No, never. Never. Uh, you know how many little though. How many little dots are there? Oh, that's more dots than I want to watch right now. Right. I'll catch it later. Right. Um, but then it goes away after 24 hours. So if I missed it, the great thing is their life continued on and they still did something fun to them. And if I didn't happen to see it, they still had fun and it still happened. So that's the thing is social media. When we look at these things, they are snapshots into our world of what's going on in our lives. Mm-hmm. If somebody sees it, great. If they don't see it, that's okay because we still got the experience of that. And it makes us more again, human, that's the word I continue to keep coming back to, is Mm -hmm. how do we become human and relevant to the people in our world? Um, My newest guilty pleasure, and I have no business connectivity to this at all, but is TikTok. It's just Talk to me about how you're using TikTok, Dale. I'm not using I, I I have posted on it. So I actually did a post yesterday that so here's how TikTok works is you don't even have to sign up. So you just put the app on your phone and you look at it and you scroll through a little bit and you're like, this is you know, at first you think, what in the world are they doing? And then you go, Oh, this is kind of fun. And going back to the musical dance component of things I love in life, uh, the creativity. So if you're looking for creative, uh, it's not all good creative, but if you're looking for creative juices to go in your head, honestly, go look at TikTok because some of the things people are doing are brilliantly creative. The post I just did was actually, I was sitting in my office a couple of days ago and I was just laughing. I just, I just, one of those nights where it was just, I had that laughing bug and I couldn't stop laughing. And Stephanie came walking down the hall. And of course, she's somebody that loves Instagram stories and that's her playground. Mm -hmm. And so she's walking down the hall. She's videotaping herself walking through our kitchen and into my office where I'm sitting there just laughing hysterically. hysterically. And she's like, what in the world are you doing? And I said, I'm on TikTok. She laughed. She goes, did you just now discover it? Like, no, I discovered it a long time ago. I just didn't actually look at it. Right. And she shakes her head and she backs away with the, and she's videoing all of this because it's an Instagram story. And so last night I said, would you please send me that video? And so now I've built that as a TikTok story and I did step one, step two, three, four, and five Uh and posted that. I'm not viral on TikTok. I don't care. That's fine. Um, It's just been a fun escape, especially kind of in this locked up at home 
creativity craziness going on. Um, and it's a coping mechanism. It's something it fun and interesting for you to do. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I mean, I've, I, I've had to apologize to Netflix because uh, I've, I've neglected my Netflix just a little bit. You know, I'm not quite done with Ozark yet because TikTok. So it's TikTok's fault. There's probably well, a TikTok in there somewhere, but I haven't figured it out yet. Probably. <laughs> but it's interesting that you that you bring up a platform such as TikTok or, you know, another one that I would kind of equate with that would be along the lines of a Snapchat. So if you think mm-hmm. back to, goodness, I don't even remember what year it was. It was either the second or third RE Tech South, Retso. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I'm almost positive that you were sitting in this session with me and I can't, I couldn't tell you if you paid me who the speaker was, but someone did a session about Twitter. And mm-hmm. I remember the speaker saying, and if you don't want to be obsolete as a real estate agent in a couple of years, you have got to get on and master Twitter. Now, we all know that's not true. Uh, Twitter was newish at whatever year this was. I can't, I, I couldn't recall exactly what year it was, but I use this example a lot because as I said earlier, social media is about preference and it's about a, you finding enjoyment and engagement in it, but also knowing that that's where your clients and your sphere of influence are. So while we talk about the, you know, a couple of years ago, the new hot thing was Pinterest and then it was Snapchat and now it's TikTok. Let's dispel that myth once and for all. Is there one single social media platform that if you as a realtor don't have a presence on, your business is going to fail? Yes or no? I would flip it to the other side and say, if you try to master all of them, you will fail. Because you just can't, you can't effectively, the people that are trying to use them all are posting somewhere else that blasts to everything. And again, going back to audience, now you're not talking to your audience. Now you're just trying to get content out there for the sake of content. And, you know, Twitter was a great business building and a great relationship building tool for me in 2007, eight, and nine. Mm -hmm. And and from 2010 forward, it's there. And I mean, I check LinkedIn more often than I check Twitter. That's how bad it is. <laughs> well, and we all know how often you and I are on LinkedIn. Exactly. A couple times a year. But again, that's because that's not where we are finding engagement. That, that's Absolutely. not to say that it's a tool that doesn't work at all. It all we know realtor on- friends that absolutely dominate in a LinkedIn space. That's Absolutely. where their people, that's where their people are. And if your people are there, engage there, whatever it is, you know, there's people that are probably going to, to, to be super creative and do an amazing thing in TikTok. Mm-hmm. but it's, it's you not just, be us. <laughs> it's not, it's not going to be us. Right. It's, 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 it's a fun time suck. For the entire time that you and I have been speaking about social media whether it's formally or informally, giving advice, coaching, whatever it is that we're doing, that's a question that comes up a lot is what platform should I be on? And again, it's that preference piece. It's that what do you enjoy enough that you're going to keep using it consistently? And where are you finding your people? Right. The question that comes up over and over again is, shouldn't I put everything on my Facebook business page? No. No. Your Facebook personal profile, because that's where it's personal. That's where you live your life. 
the business page is a necessity. If you're going to be doing any sort of marketing, boosting, promotions, anything, then that you have to have that if you want to play in the Instagram or Facebook, you know, advertising world. So it's right. a necessity to it's a tool that you have to have. But the place where you're human is your your personal page. And also that to touch on the business page for a minute. That's yeah. where we need to be putting our listings and open houses and that kind Absolutely. of thing. Absolutely. Because that just doesn't belong on your personal profile because there's no way to have people snooze you or hide you or unfollow you or at the worst unfriend you when right. that's all that they're seeing from you in their feed. Um, so that is definitely something for people to keep in mind. While we're talking about the positives and looking for the bright side of what we're going through right now with the the shelter in place and self quarantine and all of this we are seeing some of our colleagues come up with some really creative ways to do business stay engaged remain top of mind when circumstances are really difficult and you and i have talked about a couple of those but when we think about the the creative and interesting things that we're seeing is there anything that you're seeing from other people that we haven't talked about yet that's been just something that you've seen them do on some virtual platform, we don't have to keep it um, strictly to social media, that kind of blew your mind and made you say, oh my gosh, that was brilliant. Actually, I had a conversation with uh, my home inspector last night. He's been uh, reaching out via Marco Polo, which we can talk about in a bit. I don't want to let that one go, <laughs> um, but that needs its own space. It does, it does. And And he has been, he's quarantined like the rest of us, and he's actually creating his goal is to do and, and hopefully this lasts longer than uh the time frame we're in but he's actually creating a series of a hundred videos that will be able to go out to youtube and then he can use in other channels as well that he'll have a whole series or whole segment of videos a minute or less very quick topics to deal with the home inspection process which as you know, realtors is for as long as you and I have been selling, it's it's a bit of an enigma. Mm -hmm. The the home mm -hmm. inspection process, people don't really they go, yeah, it's being inspected, but they don't really know what does that mean. Right. And he's taking this time and opportunity to create this series of uh, you know, up to one minute videos and then some less than five minute videos, and then he'll also have some longer term, long form video that Apparently, I turned on Siri. <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm hearing difficulties. Yeah, sorry about that. No, that's uh, fine. So One he's minute. creating this series of videos that he will be able to, you know, have this content that lives there to help answer the questions and help him establish himself. He's providing a resource to the consumer that doesn't understand the process, mm -hmm. and at the same time, he's creating value for his company and what they do and what they bring to the equation and their expertise in understanding this process. And also value to the realtors that he works with because there are, there's a lot that seasoned realtors understand about home inspections and the process, but we are still not the experts in that right. field. And so really, if we're going to have us, if we're going to come from a strict constructionist view of the code of ethics, we really shouldn't be commenting on those things. We should be putting exactly. it into the hands of the experts. Yeah. And it creates a great resource that I can now share with 
especially my buyers that are getting ready to start the process. If I'm doing a first-time home buyer class, I can share these resources. So rather than, you know, I can give the quick version of here's what a home inspection is, but to be able to provide this resource and, and the conversation I had with him last night was the beautiful thing is uh, to create all these short segments that give an answer to maybe a specific question that, and it's, 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 blogging for us back mm-hmm. in the day when we would talk long form, you know, blogging, he's creating these snippets. And if those snippets get somebody that's interested that says, Oh, I want to learn more. They'll watch that five minute video. And then for that person that when they're ready to go, they will watch that 15 or 20 minute video with in-depth information about the home inspection process, yes. because at that point it's relevant to them. And you can consume these little bite-sized pieces when maybe it doesn't matter as much, but you put that in their head to go, oh, I now know a resource that if I really, before my inspection, if I want to take a half an hour to watch, because if you do video and you do it well and it's something informative that's Mm -hmm. helping someone, they'll Mm -hmm. watch it. Right. And it gives them something to come back to, which is brilliant for him to create shelf life and continuity for the consumer. Um, So how do you think our current situation might change the way that we're doing business for the future? When we come out on the other side of this, we've, we've started putting so many of these interesting tactics into play. For example, um, we're seeing a lot more talk about uh, 360 tours and Mm -hmm. virtual open houses, which some of us have been doing for a very long time. We've had the capability to do it at a variety of price points. Now, granted, it used to be very, very, very expensive to do things like a 360 home tour or um, to use a brand name Matterport um, or uh, to hire a videographer. And now, of course, our smartphones are so such great camera quality and there's a lot more that we can do ourselves and the pricing has become a lot more affordable or free. But how do you think that it, what we're doing right now, working from home, working virtually is going to make us work smarter, is going to help consumers to see that there's value in efficiency. Um, and what, what changes do you see happening to the real estate industry when we come out on the other side? I think that one of the beautiful things is, again, this comfort with video. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will see, and I, I know that for myself, even as much as I have been using video for so long, uh, I see myself communicating a lot more with video and not just uh, a, like BombBomb would be a great resource on how I would communicate via video and, and where I'm at, I haven't done an open house in 15 years. Like that's just, that's my business. I don't do, and I can explain why. And I have that conversation with my sellers. That's there are true. some markets, there are some markets that they, they feel that it's critical that they have to have that open house to effectively market a property. Mm -hmm. I know that that's not true. They are realizing that that's not true. There are ways to showcase a property. There are ways to get people through that property without having to physically put signs out front and people walking through. Now, Mm -hmm. business, there's business strategy for why they do that. I understand that. And there will be ways they can continue to do those things. But the the buyers, the sellers, and the realtors and the lenders in this process through this have been forced to realize I can still transact real estate without having to do this physical thing like an open house. 
my thoughts even as I'm looking at this and right now as I'm as I'm communicating with people that are thinking of selling their houses, we're all making the decision that they're just not putting them on the market right this moment. Uh, there's not a critical piece to it where it's like, I have to sell my house in two weeks or this is going to happen. So we're having those conversations. So everyone that I'm speaking with right now is choosing to wait two or three months. Let's see what's going on in June and July is the conversations we're having right now. And I'm totally fine with that um, because it keeps us safe and healthy. And when you ask the question, are you good with 30 random strangers walking to your house every single day, they're immediately saying, no, I'm not willing to do that. Great. Then let's wait. But to your point, the 360 degree uh, tours are going to start becoming more and more prevalent. I don't know if you saw, but Box Brownie just released. Of course I did. As, as, as inexpensive as $16, you yep. can now host a 360 degree tour through their platform and they do amazing work. Their photos, their 360 editing, they, on all of it, they do amazing job. Their prices are really reasonable. They were in the process of doing that anyway. It yes. just coincides that it happened to be during this time. And it creates a great opportunity for us to look at how can we better market. And really what we're doing is we're providing a better service for our clients right. to be able to market their homes and showcase them without a bunch of people just wandering through their house. Mm -hmm. You're able to have those people when they do walk through it, they've determined that they really love this house. Absolutely. And the affordability standpoint, um, that piece to me, I think is, is a barrier to entry or has been for the 360 tours, for example, for a long time. For anyone who's listening who doesn't know about Box Brownie, I'm going to put a link in our show notes. Um, so that you can access them easily. And those show notes are at garealcast.com. But Box Brownie is, and I will, I will shout this from the rooftops, they are bar none my favorite vendor right now. I love that there's such a variety of things that we can do. This is just, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Um, from the virtual staging to the floor plans to the photo editing and, and all of the great and very affordable options that they give to help us do our jobs uh, in a much more productive and beautiful way. And yeah. I have to give a shout out to our friend Peter with Box Brownie because we now incorporate a drawn floor plan with every single one of our listings. And that was something that to me was very a very scary, daunting task to think mm -hmm. about. And in the space of about a 20 to 30 minute conversation, he showed me how to easily do it. It became a lot less scary. Now I've got um, half a dozen or so under my belt just since February. And now it, I can't imagine going back and listing a house without it. And I'm, I have a feeling that once my new camera, my new 360 uh, degree camera arrives in the mail that I got at an RPAC auction, a virtual cool. RPAC auction this week. Thank you for um, investing. Uh, absolutely. Thank you too. Once I get that in the mail and I play with it a little bit and I get some tips from a couple of friends who have the same camera that, um, I'm going to be jumping on and doing that beta test with box brownie and, and making that a part of our regular marketing as well, because there's so much more that we can be doing that keeps the unqualified strangers for lack of a better word, you know, to use an elementary school phrase, stranger danger out of our sellers' homes and to make sure that the people that are touring those homes, 
in person are the ones that are truly interested and very likely to make an offer rather than just every Tom, Dick and Harry off the street because they saw an open house sign. Right. Absolutely. And if you haven't watched it yet on that thread that Peter posted for the, uh, for the 360, there's about a 12 minute video that Brad did as a tutorial Mm -hmm. for that Rico Theta V and, uh, it is awesome. So before we get to um, my last couple of questions where I want, to, I want to be able to give anyone who's listening and has some social media questions, give them a bit of a strategy, some homework maybe to work on, um, I want to give you a chance to talk about any other apps or platforms that you're loving right now. Um, I know that you love Facebook the best and so do I. Um, I know that you also have a special place in your heart and in your business for Instagram, but what are some things that maybe our listeners haven't heard of or they don't know much about, or maybe we wouldn't even specifically consider them social media. They're, it's just something to use in the virtual wor- virtual space, virtual world. What else is out there for people to explore that you're loving right now? And I know your very first answer. I'm going to say one word. You're going to say a different word, okay? Absolutely. Marco. Polo. Yes. Um, so I discovered Marco Polo last year and I don't know if I'd call it social media, but it is a media and it is social. So I guess we'll go with social media. Marco Polo is a video and I can say the word video unless people are going to back away when I say don't the word right now. with the word video, everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. Take it as a very positive thing. Exactly. Uh, and I think right now people are more open for accepting that. In, because it's getting face to face when we're stuck right. at home. Yeah. So, so I discovered it last year, used it a little bit, and with everything now being locked down, I have uh, been Great. using it now every day. It's 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 part of my communication every single day, and the beautiful thing is it allows. It's it's almost like a, if you could imagine, depending upon the age of whoever is listening, harken back to the days of the old walkie talkie. Mm-hmm. You, one one of you sitting in one room and another one sitting in the other room. You can't both be talking at the same time, mm-hmm. but I can push that little button and say, hey, Maura, how are you doing? And then I let go of that button. And now Maura can push it and say, I'm great, Dale. How are you? She lets go of that button. It's the same thing in that Marco Polo space, and but it's video. So you have the ability to have the camera on yourself, just interacting with someone you can turn the camera around even while you're doing that and share something else. If I want to show, you know, my cat's being silly, I can turn it around and show that it creates opportunity to have these conversations that are very, uh, almost real time. But the beautiful thing about it is it's real time where everyone doesn't have to be present to have that conversation. So I could go into Marco Polo and I could open up a chat with Mora and say, Hey Mora, how are you doing? Well, right now she's on a podcast interviewing this guy from Washington state. So she can't see that. <laughs> but at the end of that, she can open Marco Polo. So it'll alert her and say, Hey, Dale said, hi, she will open it. And then she can see that I have said, Hey, more, how's it going? She can then reply. And I might be out back grilling some burgers for lunch. And I may not see that. But when I come back to my phone, I'll see that. Oh, more replied to me. Or she might be there and we might be on at the same time. And then it's that old walkie talkie where I can see more is watching. I'm talking. She's seeing what I'm saying and hearing me. And then when I let go of the button, 
basically hit stop, she can now reply to me and we can have this interactive conversation one at a time. And the beauty is you can have not just one person, but you can have whole groups of people. Everybody's looking for this interactivity and they're getting more comfortable being on video. And it's such a casual, easy way to do it that it makes conversation really easy. You can also share photos. You can share videos that you've captured from somewhere else. You can, there's all kinds of effects and things like that. So it's just a really, really nice, easy way to communicate in a much more real time way with facial expression and, and body intonation. language, right. body language. Exactly. Right. And I'd say it's almost a cross between the walkie talkie and a video text message. Uh, because like you said, you can be watching it live and respond right away, or it's just the next time you log on, you see yeah. that it was there. Whereas if you weren't holding that walkie talkie in the moment, you might've missed that message that right. the person sent. We've mentioned Zoom already as being something that has just exploded. We're recording uh, the podcast on Zoom. Right. Obviously, because you're across the country and we're both in stay at home orders right now. Is there anything else that you think people might want to explore or that might be maybe not a business builder, but just useful for connecting with clients or sphere or family right now? Boy, uh, specifically in the business side, whatever uh, CRM you're using, spend some time in it. Mm -hmm. That would be, this is one of those opportunities that we all have time. We all have time that we don't normally have. And, and you know, I'm, I'm guilty of it. And most people listening are probably guilty of it to say, oh, if I just had time, I would be getting in there and cleaning it up, making sure that I've got the anniversaries and birthdays and those personal touches mm -hmm. about the people in my world. And so without promoting any particular CRM, because there's hundreds of them. We could right. talk all day about that. Uh, so whatever the CRM and that, if that's just an Excel spreadsheet, fine. Sure. If it's an Excel, you know, whatever, whatever it is, your database is, whatever your database is, take the time right now to clean it up, build it, work on it and use it and use it in a way to say, I mean, as you're updating a person's contact, think, Oh, I haven't talked to them in a while. Maybe they are that individual, one single person that bought that home or condo mm -hmm. that may be all alone and doesn't have a, you know, thankfully some of us, we've got huge spheres of people in our world that we can connect with. Right. I can connect with somebody at any moment of any time. Not everybody's not everybody that blessed. That. Mm -hmm. Not everybody has that. And we have to remember that not everybody has that ability to connect like that to so many different people. Right. Uh, we're really blessed in those connections that we have. We are. But as people are cleaning up that database, that CRM, take that time to send them a Marco Polo. What better way to introduce them to something that they might be able to start using and have fun with and making it personal and making it a video just to, just to lean in and say, how are you doing? Right. How are things going? Is there anything you need? What's going on in your life? How's the dog? How's the cat? Like whatever it is. Right. Um, and that's and, the beauty of Marco Polo, if I might jump in yeah, for a minute. Absolutely. Bomb Bomb is a great way just to just to give um, maybe a little bit of a comparison because we have talked about two video platforms but that are very different. Bomb Bomb is a great way to send 
a video email to one person or to your entire database to check in with them, but it doesn't necessarily give that person or those people the ability to immediately hit a button and send you back a video message. And that's what Marco Polo does. So you might, when you're cleaning up your database, you might say, oh, I need to remember to record this bomb bomb video that I'm going to send out to all of my buyers who put their search on hold while we were in shelter in place. And I'm going to go ahead and record that and set it to go out once our shelter in place orders are up. Yes. But I'm going to reach out to these individual people, maybe try out this Marco Polo thing. Yes. Um, some of them might already be on there and that might just surprise you. But like Dale said, you might also be introducing them to it as something new for them and they'll have the opportunity to immediately reply back to you and then you can start that conversation. Absolutely. And I love the word you just used, conversation. Mm -hmm. That going back to one of the things we talked about early on in this conversation was reply. If people post something, if people interact typed form on a social media post, mm -hmm. thank them, interact with them, like it, whatever it is, acknowledge that people have done that. If you're going to, or I would hope to say when you start using Marco Polo to connect with people in your world, if you're receiving them, reply to them. It's a conversation. Uh, I had somebody recently that I could see was using it and I had sent them a message a couple of days earlier and it was somebody close in my world that needs to be thinking about and cognizant of this, especially as they're promoting it as a tool to use. And I reached out via text message and I said, remember that that is a conversation and they just hadn't thought about it. They were yeah. sending these messages out. Well, I'm now just the guy on the street corner with a megaphone yelling into the ether. And it's like, no, this is a conversation. Right. So, and that doesn't mean you have to reply instantly to everything that's done, but be cognizant of it. And if somebody has sent you a message or you've, you know, somebody sent you a message to say, hey, how are you doing? That begs reply. a reply that right. says, <laughs> I'm doing good or I'm having a really rough day whatever right. it might be. Right. And then that creates the conversation. Well, and you mentioned it's a great time to put that database to use or your CRM. It's also a great time because I think you mentioned when we were talk, uh, when we were chatting right before I hit record, um, that the days kind of all run into each other, or maybe you mentioned it on the recording. Totally. Um, it's also a great time to put whatever calendar you're using to good use, whether that's Google Calendar or the calendar that's in your smartphone, because we can get into the habit of the days just go by. And some days you might be really productive and some days you might not, but put that calendar to use, do some time blocking, say, I'm going to spend an hour every Monday and Wednesday where I'm just going to sit down with my, data my database. Or you might say, I'm going to take a half an hour every afternoon to look at all my notifications in Facebook and make sure that I'm responding to people who have liked or commented or to my clients who have posted something to learn a little bit about what's going on in their world and what they're doing. And on that note, Dale, I want you to give us um, some homework. Okay. If there's anyone listening who feels like they need a little social media help, they feel like they don't have a strategy, they're just kind of flailing around and social media is more of a time suck for them than it is a productive use of their time. What are the top three things, if you can keep it to that, that 
you would tell someone that they should be doing from a strategy perspective, specifically for their business or to be engaging with clients? What should people be doing that they should write down as these are the top three things that I should be doing now and moving forward once we come out on the other side? Continue practicing video. Continue. And and the best way to get comfortable with video is doing it over and over again. Uh, we've been talking about this. I mean, we did video back when we were doing 365 things. Mm -hmm. And that was definitely groundbreaking back then to be creating video content. And uh, one of the things that I've done is, you know, Facebook birthdays, videos on birthdays. And that's something that I tell everybody. And I would actually encourage as I tell people to get comfortable with video, Marco Polo is a great way to do that because you're just having a conversation. Mm -hmm. And another way to get comfortable with doing video in a more what I would call canned fashion in that it's not just a conversation, but mm -hmm. it's sending that out is doing those birthday videos. Uh, something as simple as that, where you find people who's who in your world's having a birthday and you simply go to their wall and you record that video. And the beautiful thing is you don't have to worry about a script because it's happy birthday and whoever's right. name it is like say something personal, but make it very simple and do that over and over again. Uh, that is something that then as you start looking to get out in your community, and if you do decide to start creating some content about your community, about things to do, uh, about a new listing, whatever it is, you get comfortable with remembering to look at the right place on your camera, look at the right place on your phone, uh, make sure that your framing looks good, and make sure that you're clear in the way you speak. And that will help build as we leave this stay-at-home situation to create better video content that you can use for the rest and, of your career and create the habit and create the habit. And so, so that's this one. is the time to do that. That's one. Uh, this is where having the, see this, you know, we went just, just conversation on this. So let me think what would be the other big things. If you've got any that jump out in your mind, you do that while I'm thinking as well. What about just creating the habit that we've talked about of, making sure that it's a conversation that, you, that you're responding to people. Absolutely. Not just seeking out, looking at your clients' posts and on Facebook. Um, and of course, I'm specifically speaking about Facebook because that's yeah. my favorite and yours. Yeah. But looking at what your clients are doing and commenting and liking on their, their posts, but then also making sure that you are responding to people who are commenting on the things that you're putting out there, whether that's on your business page or on your personal. So making that habitual, setting aside that time where Absolutely. that's all that you're going to do is specifically go to Facebook for that purpose. Absolutely. And then going back to what we've talked about earlier is look out. Don't be looking at how are you bringing people in, but look at how can you give. Mm -hmm. take the opportunity. And if that means you just, you know, if you have lists on Facebook, use your lists. If you don't, as you think of people, and this is actually as you're cleaning up your database mm -hmm. and you see a name there, send them a Marco Polo video just to check in and then go to, if you know that their playground is Instagram, go to Instagram. If you know that they play on Facebook and if that's where they spend their time, go to Facebook, go to their specific profiles. Mm -hmm see what's going on in their life, interact with them. 
and make the effort to reach out to them in the social media space. And I would say that's a big deal. And as you start doing that, you'll actually, you know, play with the algorithm where Facebook will now start dishing up what's going on in their world up to you. And that will help you stay connected and engaged with them. Uh, But especially if you're thinking about, you know, somebody that maybe last year reached out and said, I'm thinking about maybe buying a house, but then they've sort of dropped off the radar and haven't been doing that, but you're connected to them in a social space. Mm -hmm. Go interact with them. Right. And, but don't interact with them to, you know, that old adage of don't be that, here's my business card. Don't be that person. (laughs) Right. How are you doing? How are you holding up? How are the kids? How's the dogs? What, you know, whatever it is, what, how can I help you? Is there anything that you need? What's going on? And just create the habit of reaching out to the people in your world to say, how can I help? And how can I be there for you? And is there anything that you need? Last question. And this is a question that I'm asking every guest that I have come on the podcast because obviously we're realtors. So everything comes back to real estate in our world. Even if we try to get outside of it, everything seems to come back to real estate. So for this last question, I want you to think about your ideal of a dream home. Now it can be location. It can be style. It can be what's on the inside, what's on the outside. If money and work and obligation were of no object, and you could just picture your dream home, any style, anywhere in the world. Talk to me about what that looks like. You know, it's interesting because this is a conversation Stephanie and I have on a regular basis. And I look at houses all the time. And every so often she'll ask, is there anything, you know, do you ever see a house that is that we'd have to move to place? And for all the houses that I look at, I wouldn't leave my house. We love locationally, you know, love where we're at. And, and our house was built in 1975. And so, and it was an interesting, that's my birth year. That's a really good year. It's a good year. (laughs) And, and, and it's interesting because, uh, houses, a ranch rambler, you know, one story here in Vancouver, the family that originally built it, built it with a very sort of Asian flair. So, it's built in 75, but it has this sort of mid-century look to the outside, mm-hmm. which is interesting. And that's something that we love. And it's got a lot of outdoor space. And and so really, honestly, our house and, and then inside, you know, one room at a time, we've been remodeling it and and making it ours and personalizing it to us. And so inside, we've got sort of an industrial flair. So mid-century on the outside, sort of industrial on the inside with a lot of internal, external uh, livability. And, and we literally, we're just two people in this house and we literally use every foot of this house, mm-hmm. which a lot of people can't say. So to me, that dream house is one that we're using every foot of this house. Mm-hmm. Every single foot gets used on a daily basis and outside to have an outdoor living room and an outdoor dining room and an outdoor fireplace, casual areas, some covered, some uncovered, something like that. So honestly, for all the houses I look at, we love right where we're at. And I'm thankful for that. 
Well, Dale, thank you so much. This has been such a joy. And obviously you and I could sit down and have this conversation for the rest of the day and just go on and on and on. But you are so generous with your time and your knowledge and your expertise. And for as long as I've known you, you have been more than happy to share and educate. So thank you for coming on the Georgia Realtors uh, GA Realcast podcast. And it has been such a pleasure. And thank you to you and to Georgia Realtors. It's awesome that you all are doing this. I love seeing the state. So Washington Realtors, we're doing the same thing. Georgia, uh, you making sure that we are educating our members and providing that value to them. It's again, looking out. So thank you uh, for all of your time and what you're doing and for Georgia Realtors for being uh, the hosts and putting this all together. And I really appreciate you guys, uh, y'all doing that. Thanks, Dale. You're welcome. To find out more about Dale and get the links that we promised you in this podcast, please go to our show notes at g8realcast.com. Don't forget, you can also find our other episodes there, and you can like and subscribe to us. Apparently, it helps others to find us. Have a great one.